In this episode, a question from you, upliftingly enough. Does temperature really affect the amount of fuel you buy at the pump? Are you in fact ripping yourself off if you buy fuel on a hot day and paying it back when it's cold outside? That's next. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au, the place where giant new car buyers save thousands off their brand new cars. <laughs> Hit me up on the website for that. Today's Q&A stems from my recent report on the density of petrol and calculating its weight in response to some, you know, fake nut job or other in the comments feed off the back of BP's material safety data sheet on unleaded petrol. Does the ambient temperature really affect how much fuel you buy? As I was watching your earlier video, my partner, who is a petroleum engineer, commented that while everything you said about specific gravity is correct, the fuel companies calculate weight as a formula of kilograms per litre at 25 degrees Celsius. Since the density of fuel varies greatly depending on temperature, the volume of actual fuel in the tank varies and therefore the weight varies. You covered this indirectly by giving the weight range, so it's all good. I was just fascinated to learn how the fuel companies themselves solve the problem. Excellent question, Sophie, but I don't actually think this is a problem that's crying out for a solution. However, Thermal expansion is absolutely a thing. Just about everything does it. Like, if you put some red dye in alcohol in a glass tube and then seal up the arse end, congratulations, you have just made yourself a basic thermometer. That's how it works. On a hot day, the level goes up because of thermal expansion. The volume gets greater, little red thing goes skywards. Yes. The amount of volumetric expansion for petrol slash gasoline and for ethanol is all about the same in the ballpark anyway, at about one part in 1,000 per degree C or K. So if a litre, that's about a quarter of a US gallon, America, of petrol, that's friggin' gasoline, America, heats up by one degree C, that's 1.8 degrees F. America, the volume expands by one cubic centimetre, which is about 0.034 fluid ounces. America. Don't get me wrong, okay? I love America. You Americans make we shitsvillians look pretty damn good. I think you'd agree. Quick shout out to Cheeto Man, doing a great job there, sir. As always, well done. Hashtag respect. Okay, so one litre, one degree C change, one milliliter of expansion or contraction if it gets colder. That's kind of how petrol slash gasoline rolls. So if it's pretty extreme outside, like say 45 degrees C and you're putting, I don't know, 50 litres in the tank and it's being decanted at 25 degrees C, like from the big tanks downstairs, the expansion when it heat soaks up to 45 is going to be 20 degrees times 50 litres divided by 1,000, which is about one additional litre in volume, okay? Same mass, different volume, goes up by a litre as if by magic. 
physics, whatever, same thing. There is a significant air volume engineered into the design of every fuel tank, even when it's notionally full, okay? And that is to compensate for any thermal expansion. So don't you be going and compromising that void by rocking the damn vehicle backwards and forwards to squeeze every last drop in and don't go again after the auto shutoff on the pump nozzle kicks in. The void is there for a reason not to be friggin' compromised by you. When Sophie said, since the density of fuel varies greatly depending on temperature, the volume of actual fuel in the tank's gonna vary and therefore the weight varies, well, not so much. I have to respectfully disagree with that because once it's in your fuel tank, the volume is going to vary with temperature, but the mass will not change. That would be actual magic if you could get it to do that. I guess the burning question is, are you getting ripped off buying fuel on a friggin' hot day? Not really. We're going to talk about why in just a second, but first, a somewhat gratuitous Ming Mole break. the many varied and nuanced flavours of Ming Mole, I think gratuitous is my personal favourite. It's up there, certainly. And many of those Ming Moles have been selectively volumetrically expanded. Can't be entirely natural selection. Now, just to fill in the final blank on all of this, what many people seem to forget is when you buy fuel, it's typically getting pumped up from a large subterranean tank. And it's got all of that earth above it, betwixt you and it. That earth is a fairly effective insulator. So for practical purposes, the fuel is stored in an isothermal storage environment. Meaning the temperature of that fuel is going to be largely constant over time, regardless of the conditions above ground. You know, down there in the tank, that fuel's gonna be in the 25 degrees C ballpark regardless of the ambient temperature above the ground. I guess in a totally extreme environment like permafrost or perhaps in the middle of the Simpson Desert in summer, there might be a bit more variation in the temperature, but places where it's habitable, not so much. Ballpark, 25 degrees. Therefore, the actual mass of fuel you decant when you fill up really does not vary all that much, regardless of whether it's like you know, summer or winter. The fuel doesn't get that much time to warm up or cool down, either between the underground tank and actually going into your car. Like, it's going to take two kilojoules of energy in the ambient environment to heat one kilo of petrol by one degree C. So the fuel is gonna heat up absolutely or cool down when you decant it from those big underground tanks. But this process is going to take several tens of minutes to occur. It's not gonna just happen on the way out through the spout, okay? It's gonna mostly overwhelmingly occur inside your fuel tank. It's hardly a spontaneous process because it has to absorb rather a lot of energy from the environment to heat up and that intrinsically takes time. Petrol actually heats up or cools down, in case you want to win the pub argument on this, about twice as enthusiastically as water in the ballpark. So 
it's definitely not spontaneous. Ultimately, it's going to change volume by expanding if it's hot or contracting if it's cold, but that process is going to happen inside your fuel tank where it does not affect the amount that you have just purchased. That's one less conspiracy theory about fuel that you can rely on. I know, it's a bit of a bastard, isn't it? I suggest Sophie go out and see what her domesticated petroleum engineer partner thinks of this explanation, and I suspect there's going to be broad agreement. But I do wonder why she did not just ask him or her. I mean, I've seen those movies, one never knows. And of course, if you overfill the tank on such a hot day and then you park for lunch, the fuel is going to expand. And if the built-in void in the tank can't accommodate the expansion because you just overfilled it, you will lose a, a litre or so to evaporation. Essentially, that's how to rip yourself off. All right, if you're gonna rip yourself off, that's a good way to do it. And finally, when I talked about the density range for the fuel specified by BP in its material safety data sheet, I'm pretty sure that's there because of the composition of premium unlead, and it's gonna vary from batch to batch. Okay, 95 is gonna be different to 98 too. And the specific formulation can vary as well based on the raw materials that go in to add up to 95 or 98. A little bit more of this, a little bit less of that kind of thing. Petroleum engineers and industrial chemists, right? They tend to just make this shit up as they go. Just saying. I hope this helps. I really do. Because there's a lot of conspiracy theory about fuel. And remember, before I let you go, fuck you very much, 2020. And to you, I say, as your next Prime Minister, make Australia less shit. It's your civic obligation to do what you can there, right? Every day, just a little bit. And I'm thinking of introducing a, a bill to this end, you know, banning from Parliament anybody whose parents were... Uh, Mr and Mrs Potato Head. I think that would work. This is going to be a battle of attrition for us all. We've all got to join in and do what we can. It's going to take time, but it is my fervent hope that one day Australia could once again be not shit. I mean, a man can dream. 